Time for our feature interview for episode 10. Focus is also mandatory. It's critical to set realistic objectives and a plan to achieve these objectives. The great thing about athletics is that those who want it most and put in the work are in general rewarded. The words of Barry Minnick from an interview he did a couple of years ago. Barry has certainly put in the work on both the roads and the mountains and he has an impressive set of results to back up his hard work. He has 39 Imra race wins. He had an incredible golden period on the roads where he won many races and ran a superb 2 hour 17 minute marathon including two national podiums in the Dublin Marathon. Barry has an incredible story to tell combined with a brilliant comeback story which took place just a few weeks ago. So let's get to it and dial in one of Ireland's toughest and most talented runners. Barry Minnick, you're very welcome to Trail Running Ireland. Hey Owen, good to talk to you. Very great to have you on board with us. Thanks for taking the call. Barry, where do we start? So many races, so many adventures, so many top class performances to look back at over the last 15 years or so. But maybe if we start at what for me, looking from afar, Barry, anyway, was a superb comeback result last week in the trial race for the World Championships. Um, you must be delighted, Barry, with the result. Definitely delighted with the result. I mean, it's, it's a race I was targeting. I was actually targeting it last year and just got injured in the build-up. Um, so I, I did want to give it a good go this year. Um, and thankfully, you know, it's uh, it was a good day for me. It was an extremely tough race now, one of the toughest races I've done. Uh, certainly in, in recent memory, uh, I found it extremely tough, particularly because of the heat, but obviously delighted with the result. Yeah, and I think it's probably fair to say, Barry, that it's been a couple of years since we've seen Barry Minnick's name on the podium of a big, important race like, like that to qualify for the World Championships, to represent Ireland. But I think what you showed maybe down in Limerick that weekend was your, your inner strength and endurance that has always been a trademark of your running. Maybe could you talk to us about what the last few years have been like for you, where you've been away from the podium, that you were so used to in that golden period that we'll get on to later on. Um, what happened over the last couple of years? Tell us about your, your, your training and your racing over the last couple of years and that, that led up to that comeback performance in the trial race. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The last uh, five years or, or even more have been extremely difficult. Um, it's been a combination of a, of a number of factors, um, injuries primarily. Um, I just seem to go from injury to injury, my body breaking down all of the time. Uh, I couldn't get a string of, you know, decent training. Um, so I could maybe train for three or four weeks and then my body would break down and I'd have to go into a period of recovery. Um, so that's probably the key reason why you haven't seen me in the last number of years just injury um, and always struggling to get back um, if I say earlier this year I, I you know I, I finally said I have to sort this out once and for all not just for racing purposes but actually if my body's breaking down I, I, I want to have a healthy a healthy life uh, well into my later years so I just needed to sort out those those issues I've been having 
primarily in my, you know, my hamstrings and my Achilles and my calves. So I went to the sports surgery clinic earlier this year, and I, I guess I spent a lot of time and I'm going to say a lot of money as well in rehab to get back to get back on the back on the road, shall we say? Yeah. Well, what um, were the different things, Barry, that you had to do? Was there any surgery involved, or was it just in terms of strengthening up weak muscles, or what? What was it exactly that you did? Yeah, I mean, it was primarily the strengthening piece. Now, I did have, um, uh, I did have to get a, a steroid injection, which I always told myself I'd avoid because I had heard of so many people getting a steroid injection and. Uh, you know, just never really properly recovering from it. But uh, I felt I was at a, a point of no return. So I did get a steroid injection uh, back in January. Uh, that was for my Achilles. My, uh, a lot of my problems were, were, you know, led to problems in my Achilles. Um, and the rest of it was uh, a treatment called shockwave. So I, I had a lot of shockwave treatment um I think it's a relatively new treatment. I hadn't heard of it before anyway. And then a lot of rehab work um, with Colin Griffin. Uh, you, you might know Colin Griffin, but uh, I spent a good bit of time with, uh, with Colin in the sports surgery clinic to, to just build up the muscles, primarily in the calves. I, I always thought my calves were a strength, but it actually turns out they were actually a weak point. Uh, so I really had to work on my calves and continue to have to work on my calves because um i'm not i'm not out of the woods yet i know i had a good result um at the weekend but i'm still not able to run five six six times a week i'm I'm limited to three four times a week at the moment um so i'm not out of the woods yet it's funny how you mentioned shockwave therapy barry because nicola duncan who was on a couple of weeks ago she said that when she had her hamstring troubles after her great strong couple of years on the roads and with all her great um, marathon results she had similar injury troubles to yourself and it was only the shockwave therapy that got her back running as well so maybe it's a good tip for anybody listening in that has similar problems with their hamstrings or their calves and it must have been tough mentally Barry those last couple of years because you were used to so much success before then and what was it like mentally going through those three or four years of injury after injury? Um, did you ever think of throwing in the towel or were you just determined to get back or were you just busy doing other things in life? Well, I'm going to say in effective terms, I almost did throw in the towel. I mean, I didn't give it a serious effort um, to get back properly. Um, there was no doubt it was a really busy time in uh, from a work perspective. So there's probably an element of focusing on work for a period um, and I went to numerous physios and I suppose had tried several treatments but nothing was working um, and then this year I suppose it was just a real focus so and almost a you know let's not let money get in the way of trying to solve this problem so um, you know I got all the MRIs that I would have needed and a couple of really let's say chronic long-term uh, issues were, were identified and you know there was a clear plan to address all of those issues um, primarily in the Achilles um, and that's where the shockwave came in but I mean it's uh, I, I, for the last few years it's, it's 
you know, I've probably rested for long periods, assuming that the body would recover. I, I would then get back training and feel fine for a month or maybe two. And then the yeah. body would just break down again. So it was a really, let's say, difficult period in terms of false optimism every every six months or so. And then back to square one. Uh, this time around, very different. I started very slowly in terms of building up, in terms of mileage. Um, you know, probably COVID, COVID-19 has been a difficult period, obviously, for everybody. But in terms of my running, I would say it's been a, a good period for me because, you know, there was nothing to race. There was nothing to to target, really. It was just, let's get the head down, get some consistency, do the exercises, get into a routine uh, and slowly build back up. Um, and, you know, uh, there, there was another part in my training over the last six months, which was cycling. So I always, I always have done a little bit of cycling, but I mean, uh, since the lockdown, I, I, I've taken to, uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of Zwift, but the cycling, uh, the virtual cycling and that's been fantastic so at the moment i'm probably running every second day and and cycling every other day primarily on zwift it's a bit of fun yeah well i think we, we've seen a lot of examples haven't we over the years of people who cycle and maybe cross train and it actually works very well in the mountains especially when you're climbing and so on i'm not too sure if it would work as well for marathon runners and road runners but i think in the mountains i think it's a good combination I think you're absolutely right. I think it works for particularly for uphill running because uphill running was a. It might sound strange given my mountain running background, but really steep uphill running was actually a weakness of mine. But I think the cycling really does help with that. Um, the the real problem with cycling is I think you found this out recently, but you know it it does tighten up the hamstrings. Yeah. So so when you go for a run, you really need to make sure you're you're properly properly stretched out because it can lead to injuries if you're not careful. Oh, absolutely, Barry. And that's what happened to me, like after the eight or nine weeks of lockdown in Spain, as the listeners know, I've been documenting it to them over the last couple of episodes that, yeah, I was on the bike every day trying to maintain fitness. But once I got back running for the first couple of days, I was flying because I was so aerobically fit from the bike. But like that, yeah, everything is shortened up, hip flexors, hamstrings, and it's taken me a couple of weeks to sort it out, sort it all out, which thankfully I did. But like what you were saying yourself, you have to do all your activation exercises. You have to lengthen everything, stretch everything again. So it can be a bit of a pain <laughs> if it does happen to you. But that result, Barry, there two weekends ago now, after going through so much frustration over the last couple of years, tell us what it was like maybe on that last lap when you had a couple of minutes um, advantage over third and fourth place. You knew you were going to come second. And you knew you were going to qualify to run for Ireland at the age of 45, and especially after so much hardship. What was it like for you? Yeah, but the race itself, um, I suppose the one thing I had done during the last six months is long runs in the hills. So I, I was there was a level of confidence going in in terms of, I know I can do the distance. Um, uh, and then on the last lap, as you've asked, I mean, it was, I didn't, I haven't felt as bad in quite a long time. So it was, I think it was the heat primarily and the amount of climbing. 
But uh, it was a lap course, as you know. Um, I felt I felt great for the first two laps. Absolutely flying. I I actually had caught up with with Ian um, on the second lap, and I had to stop to tie my shoelace. And uh, when I stopped to tie my shoelace, I said, "Well, I'll, I'll catch him back in no time at all." Uh, but I never saw Ian again. Was the reality? Um, but. Uh, I mean, it was just the heat and the climbing made the last lap extremely difficult. And actually, on the the third lap, um, I uh, actually uh, I think it was Connor that caught up with me, um, so that gave me a bit of a scare. So I'll be I'll be honest on on the last lap, I didn't know I was a couple of minutes clear. If you know what I mean, I thought there was someone on my tail, so I was actually pushing as hard as I could and I uh, there was a boggy section at the top and I kind of knew to myself if I get to the end of the boggy section I'll be fine but uh, I was running scared up until that point uh, I did want to get the second spot you know it was only the first two that had the auto qualification points so I was, I was determined to get that second spot but uh, it was extremely tough to get there yeah and a wonderful moment when you crossed the line I'm sure you must have been delighted I was absolutely ecstatic, yeah. I mean, um, uh, you know, you you spend a long time out and I think when you come back after a, a long period out, you just appreciate the, the little things uh, uh, a bit more, you know. I, I think if I had done that race maybe five years ago, I might not have appreciated it, but when, when you haven't had good performances in the last few years, you know, you do appreciate it. Yeah, we had Ian Conroy Barry on a couple of weeks ago and Ian mentioned that when he qualified to run for Ireland last year in the trial race for the short course, I think I think it was his auntie that had passed away, I think in the same week. Ian had a couple of bad months injury-wise, injury-wise as well. And my mum and dad were at the finish line and they saw him cross the line in second place. And similar to yourself, he was just overcome with emotion and he was jumping up and down and tears of joy nearly as well. And, you know, maybe it's something just for everybody listening in that if they do get to the finish line of their race and uh, it's been a tough build up for them for whatever reasons, just let it all go and just enjoy, enjoy that moment of uh, crossing the finish line as much as you can, because you never know when, when you're going to get to that spot again, you know, and um, you, you chose Barry to do your rehab and to focus on the mountains rather than say focusing for road races or for a marathon or whatever because maybe just as we'll get on to now you had this incredible um road running marathon career um but before we get there what was it this time around that brought you back to the mountains rather than trying to go for the roads again well there's, there's probably a a number of pieces to answer that i mean first and foremost i love the mountains i mean uh I'm lucky to live just in the foothills um, of the of the Dublin mountains. Uh, so they're on my doorstep, um, a couple of kilometres, and I'm up on the hills. Uh, there's nothing better than running in the mountains. So I suppose that's the first piece. Um, the second piece is, you know, I suppose I started in the hills before I went to road running. So and I almost feel like I'm building up from from scratch again. So I'm almost on the same journey, uh, starting again and back to the mountains. Um, and I suppose the third piece to answer that question would be, I suppose, 
I like to be competitive, um, even if that, you know, whatever whatever I'm doing, uh, I always like to be competitive. And the, probably the the unfortunate reality at the moment is that I wouldn't be fast enough. I wouldn't have the just the turnover or the speed to to run quality times on the road. But it, the hills is different, where it's much more about. I'm just going to say brute force or determination and uh, I have that and certainly when you go to the longer distances that's where that really kicks in it's not really about speed it's more about it's more about heart and it's more about training um, putting in some of the work in advance and then it's just about determination on the day and I know I have that so that's that's brought me back to it as well yeah, well, well, let's talk about that brute force and determination, Barry, and let's maybe go back in time between that golden period of yours on the road between 2010 and 2014 and 15. And for people that maybe don't know your record on the road, um, let me just call out a couple of results um, to bring you back to that moment as well. Uh, 30 minutes, 21 seconds for 10K, July 2010. One hour, six minute half marathon, Reading 2012. A marathon PB of two hours, 17 minutes, long before vapor flies or whatever other carbon plate you want to put into a shoe these days. Two hours, 17 minutes in Hanover in 2012. Three minutes, 14 seconds a kilometer and just two minutes, 40 seconds outside the A standard for London at the time. You had a, a great adventure that you might tell us about maybe in Copenhagen when you came second in the marathon there. And then this fantastic relationship with the Dublin Marathon that, that you had with a fourth, a bronze and a silver medal over four years with times ranging from two hours 18 to two hours 22 minutes. And I remember Barry as well, back in those couple of years, you, you, were, you were winning races left, right and centre, not just the, the marathons and the half marathons and knocking out those times, but you were winning races as well. You were competitive and you were a great competitor. Um, looking back, Barry, what are the, the highs and the lows of that road running period of your career? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean you, you've done your research for the start. I mean, um, it was a great period and it's it's funny when you're in the middle of a period like that you, you don't fully appreciate it or you don't understand um you know that it all could fall apart someday as it has for me but that period you know uh, was fantastic um it seemed every race i was going going out i was running the pb so it was just um it was just a really positive period from a running perspective um with the highlights, I mean, uh, you know, you've you've probably mentioned some of the highlights. Um, I mean, obviously, the marathon performance in in Hanover two seventeen was definitely a highlight at the time. I mean, it was it was a breakthrough performance. It was a big PB. Um, it put me on the map. I'm going to say because before that, uh, I'm going to say I probably wasn't fully respected as a as a. As a as a quality runner, but certainly uh, I got more respect after that time. So that was definitely a, a standout. Um, it's funny you, you mentioned times, and uh, um, it would be nice to get an opportunity to run times in the Vaporfly to see what could be done. But um, you know, but uh, in terms of that period, there's loads of highlights. I mean. 
and the lots of race wins that I won't go into, but you know, every one of them I would appreciate. And and sometimes the race wins are even more important than the times because yeah. times, you know, people will just get quicker and the times are all relative, you know, and you know, over time you know, your records disappear, but I mean, the race wins never disappear. And I would really, some of my highlights would be just winning some races. I remember the first proper race I won was the Connemara Half Marathon. And that was actually a big standout moment for me uh, because it was, for me, it was like the first time I had actually won a relatively big race. Um, so that was a big, big thing. Um, there was races I always wanted to win, winning the Warriors race. Um, that 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 race is fantastic. Uh, really enjoyed winning that. Uh, the Dublin Marathon performances stand out. Um, you know those those memories with with clubmates, particularly Sean Herrera and your and yourself. Uh, yeah. You know we we had some good runs in in Dublin, and uh, you know there's lots of lots of highlights to be honest. Um, yeah. As you mentioned, Dublin Marathon, Barry. Um, any regret at all that you didn't get the gold medal? in the Dublin Marathon, which of course is the national championship as well. You are fourth, third and second. Incredible results in their own right. Um, any frustration that you didn't get the gold medal? Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it regrets, but I mean, I, it would have been fantastic to get the gold, obviously. Um, and, you know, it, it's funny, but my, my time of 2.18 in Dublin, Another year's would have been sufficient for gold. But listen, yeah. um, I don't have any regrets about it. Uh, if anything, my regret, you mentioned my relationship with Dublin, with Dublin City Marathon. I love the race. It's absolutely fantastic. But I almost became obsessed about it. Um, and ever since, I, I'm going to say, my, my run in 2012 in Dublin, it really took over my training in terms of preparing for the Dublin City Marathon. And I'm going to say that was probably, you know, counterproductive overall. So, and, and this will be more, I suppose, saying this for as a learning rather than as a regret. I mean, I probably if I had the opportunity to run Dublin again, I would. But it, it did take over my training. Probably got injured as a result. Uh, because I was overly focused on it and probably ran through pain when I shouldn't have, um, and I ended up missing missing the the marathon on several occasions just because of injury. But I've no regrets about it. Um, I was relatively late to running, um, and I didn't have a coach, proper coach. I obviously got coaching advice from several people, including. Rene, who's on on your podcast, actually his his advice on the podcast was absolutely fantastic. I wish I, I wish I was listening to someone like Rene when I was back running properly because I don't think I would have got the injuries I, I experienced. But yeah. I think that lack of having a coach or um, meant I I pushed too hard, I raced when I shouldn't have, and that that probably led to the problems I've had over the last few years. So I wouldn't call it a regret, but I would call it a learning in terms of you sure. know being obsessed and about Dublin. You were in very good company, Barry, back then as well, weren't you? With the likes of Sean Hare, 
who was a great friend, a great training partner, a great competitor for you as well. Um, Sergi, of course, was there. He was winning national titles, always on the podium too. So, I mean, to get fourth bronze and silver, coming from a GAA background for such a long time, uh, absolutely. It's a great body of work. And I'm sure you look back and you're very proud of all those results. I know. I can certainly look back with with pride and, and, you know, be satisfied with my with my time yes of course I'd love to have got um, a marathon goal that would have been the dream the the only other I wouldn't call it a regret again but I would have loved to have got a sub 30 10k uh, and I think I was capable in terms of my uh, my ability and my training I just didn't get the right race at the right time um, breaking 30 minutes for 10k you know I think if I had focused on that um, I would have achieved it, but it it just didn't happen. That that would be one uh, from a time perspective. That's the one that got away. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you mentioned Barry as we were talking about that time period that you loved competing and you really loved winning races. I'm sure who doesn't. And um, but often with road running, we can get obsessed with times and kilometer splits and so on. And to hear you saying that you love competing, um, it's something that I identify with. I, I love that part of it as well. And thankfully, on the mountains, we very rarely need to look at our watches for splits and so on. And before you went to road running, um, say before 2010, you showed that competitive nature of yours, Bar, and you, you racked up an incredible amount of wins in the IMRA, various IMRA races between 2007 and 2010. If anybody goes to the IMRA website and types in your name on their um, athlete database, and goes back to that time, they'll just see first, 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 the odd second or third, first, first, first. And in total, you've won, I'm sure you know this, 39 wins from 139 races. An incredible body of work. And um, we don't have time to get into all those race wins, Barry, and those great years. But maybe what I will ask is, do you have any tips or advice for people that are listening? People that are maybe switching from a different sport, such as the ga from soccer, from basketball, from cycling. They're maybe they're discovering the hills now. They're they're going up the Imra races. They're really enjoying them, and they're competitive like you are, like we are. Um, what tips would you give them, or what worked well for you in those um, years when when you were collecting all those race wins? I mean, the first piece of advice is to is to talk to someone like Rene or join a club. You need you need advice in those early years because. I mean, I probably I probably did a lot of trial and error and resulted in a, a lot of false starts. But I mean, you really need to get advice from people who've been through it, who know what they're talking about. And um, yeah, that would be the be the first piece. The second piece would be just to be patient. You know, it takes time to, to build up strength and endurance. So you, there's no real fast track um Although I'll come back to that in a minute in terms of one thing I think made a difference for me. But um, yeah, just take your time and, you know, build up your mileage slowly. You know, you're really planning over a number of years and building up year after year rather than jumping into high mileage. I mean, I probably started in 2005 and I had just 
turned 30, you know, it was I had decided that enough was enough in terms of the Gaelic football. Um, I needed a new challenge. And just, I really enjoyed the hills. I started the hill running. The, the social scene with the hill running was excellent. I was doing some adventure races also at the time. And that all just, I suppose, neatly fit together. Um, and, I, you know, it wasn't... It was a really slow, gradual build-up to running. Um, it wasn't until 2008, I'm going to say, that I actually got serious about running. The period before that was just having fun in the hills, enjoying it, you know, uh, learning about running, talking to people, meeting friends. Uh, really, uh, really good period, really enjoyable period. Uh, and, and just to come back to that, I suppose, that one event that I actually think changed uh, changed the game for me was um, uh, I know you had Ian Keith on uh, I, I think it was your first podcast uh, and I, I listened was, to that yeah. but um, I did an event with, with Ian back in 2006 called Primal Quest it was a 10 day adventure uh, I was, I, was a, I won't call it a last minute but relatively last minute uh, sub to the team a team of four but that was a 10 day adventure race and I guess that taught me all about endurance and, you know, having to pace yourself over 10 days. And I'm going to say the other big difference that made is just actual, my physical body shape. Um, I had your typical GAA shoulders and body before that, you know, I was built, uh, I was built up. I, 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 I was doing press ups and sit ups every morning. So uh, I, I was, I had a, I was focused on the upper body rather than my legs, and uh, but I'm going to say that Primal Quest event ten days I just lost all of my upper body strength because it was pure endurance for ten days. I think I lost over a stone and weight over the course yeah. of ten days, but it did change me physically and it changed me mentally in terms of you know nothing could be tough after that event. So I wouldn't recommend it. I'm not saying go out and do a ten day adventure race. Uh, I don't think anyone would. But it did change things for me. Um, and then I guess I started training properly from 2007. And I'm going to say in terms of performances, then they seemed to kick in. Okay, I had some good runs in the hills from 2007, 2009, as you said. And then I probably my focus switched to the road about 2009. Sure. And of course, like after all those great wins in the Inver races, Barry, yeah, you got to represent Ireland. Um, was it a, a boyhood dream for you to, to represent Ireland in some sport, in any sport? Um, and what maybe was your, your standout time from your caps and performances from Ireland on the Irish mental running team? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's everybody's dream. Well, I think it's everybody's dream to represent our country. Um, and then when I started hill running and I started winning races, uh, as you mentioned, you know, it, I suppose the, the possibility of representing Ireland in, in, in the mountains, you know, was there. Um, so I was very much focused on that for a couple of years. I had a couple of performances in the trial where, I felt I let myself down. I didn't qualify for the team, but uh, eventually it came came good and, and got to represent Ireland. And uh, I, I'm lucky enough to have, have have the opportunity to wear the vest a good few times. So um, 
yeah, it's absolutely fantastic to represent Ireland. I uh, loved every minute of um, on those trips. You know, you, you get to experience um, great things uh, in terms of travel, in terms of seeing new places, meeting people, and the race events. The race events themselves are always top quality. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for any, say, Imre Junior runner, Barry, or anybody maybe who has a bit of talent switching in from other sport, why not set a target of trying to qualify for an Irish team? The short distances and the longer distances, um, they're, they're great events, they're great championships, and uh, yeah, it's an absolute honour, isn't it, to, to represent your country. And um, hopefully we'll see lots of new faces over the next couple of years as well, trying to trying to make those teams. Um, we've mentioned the World Championships, Barry, that you qualified for at the, at the fantastic age of 45. They're, they're coming up now in November. Fingers crossed that they get to go ahead or not, who knows at this stage. Obviously, you're going to be focusing on that. But over the next couple of years, Barry, I, I presume for, for you, it's all about just staying healthy now rather than setting any specific target or or, or maybe not. Um, I, I don't know. What, what, what are you thinking now, Barry, in terms of the next couple of years running-wise? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, this year is just about staying healthy as you said and, and getting back to a level of consistency uh, I, I hear Rene mention the word consistency quite often with consistency uh, um, and it is really important because I've had a number of lapses you know and it takes you so long to get back if you get those consistent performances and, and consistent training in it just allows you to keep building and building and getting better and better so this year is just about consistency um and yes I, I do think i can still be competitive and particularly in the hills and particularly trail running because you know there's there's certain pieces of mountain running where i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't be fantastic you know when it gets really technical i i tend to underperform relatively but if it's if it's a trail uh, nice gradient uh, I, I tend to do really well so that's where I'll focus that's where I believe uh, I can do well and probably as I get older I'd probably focus on some of the more longer distances um, obviously you know you've seen with the with the trial this year I've gone for the long distance rather than the short distance um, I think I can be competitive over the longer distances I'm I may move to ultra. Uh, I haven't quite taken that step, uh, although I've done, I've done and actually won the the 50k Irish Championships, but um, I haven't gone beyond the 50k in terms of racing. But um, I I would love to try some of those long distance sure. trail runs if, uh, if if I get some consistent training in. Uh, check out UTMB, Barry. Um, it's something that I think you would love. And, you know, if you stayed strong and healthy, um, I can see you doing very well in Chamonix um, at the finish line there. There's more and more Irish people going over there every year. And for anybody that doesn't know the UT UTMB race, have a little look on YouTube or whatever. It's, it's an incredible trail mountain running experience it really is um masters barry are you interested in competing in the masters and um, do the masters go barry from over 40 straight to over 50 or is there an over 45 category as well in cross country and across the board yeah no i think it's every five years so um and actually some of my you know uh, some of my highlights would have been at a master's level so you know i did have uh, I, I still remember the day with 
with fondness in terms of getting on the podium for the European Masters Mountains and I have a track um, track 5k gold from uh, at Masters level so I, I definitely will continue doing Masters it's really enjoyable and you can be competitive in your age group um, but I, I think my true love is the hills I think I'll focus on the long distance trail running um, I'll start I've obviously started with the trial race last weekend I'm planning to do the the eco trail um, not quite brave, brave enough for the 80k this time but I, I think I'll do the 45k and just build from there um, and yes I will do masters events absolutely um, so my my challenge is actually racing less often I, I, I always did too many races which, which resulted in problems and resulted in injuries so another piece of advice for, <laughs> for the for the young eager, eager people out there would be to race less often you know just uh put in proper um preparation for each race and don't overdo it um and and the other for those transitioning from road to the hills the other piece of advice i would say is you know just don't um don't just turn up on the day to run in the hills you need to put a bit of hill specific work in otherwise i've seen so many road runners show up at a trial event and really struggle because it's their first time in the hills. You yeah. you really need to do some hill specific work before you go into a trial. You have to prepare the calves, don't you? Um, you? You mentioned Barry the next couple of years and racing masters and so on. And I'm sure you're very excited to be wearing the Tullamore Harrier singlet, your hometown club. You recently signed for them. But I'm sure in some ways, Barry, it was a bittersweet decision. Um, you raced for Ratfarnham so successfully for so many years, but this year you signed for Tullamore Harriers. Yeah, definitely bittersweet, as, as you've said there. You know, I, I have really fond memories with Ratfarnham. We had a really good group, including yourself, as, as you well know, a really good group that trained together for several years. And, you know, I have really fond memories. And still... Still a great time for everyone in Rathfarnham. It's it's a fantastic club, and I'd highly recommend it for for anyone in the area. It's just a it's it's a really good, well structured, friendly club. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm from Tullamore, so I've always had that affection for my for my hometown club. And uh, there's always been a bit of banter in terms of transferring to Tullamore Harriers. There was a there was a couple of let's say uh, internal political things in Ratfarnham that you know issues and as a point of principle I, I did decide to leave but on the other side you know joining Tullamore uh, I suppose it's given me a new lease of energy and it, it gives me a new start so I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to putting on the Tullamore, Tullamore jersey I haven't had the opportunity to put on the vest yet but uh, hopefully hopefully if I if I stay Stay healthy, I'll, I'll get to wear it during the cross-country season. Absolutely, Barry Willis. And I'm sure everybody respects somebody who who believes in, in certain um, ways of, of being and certain principles. And uh, you're always somebody that has very strongly and proudly stuck to your own principles on and off the track. Um, you've been a, a great 
an incredible athlete over the last 15 years and um, a great club mate great teammate and i'm sure we're going to see you doing uh, very very well in the tullamore harrier singlet and indeed in the irish singlet as well in the world championships if they get to go ahead in lanzarote and if not this year barry and um, sometime very very soon as well and um, barry Thanks a million for a wonderful chat today. It's been absolutely great. Some great tips for everybody listening and all the very best with the recovery. Hope the legs stay well and hope you kick ass over in Lanzarote if the race goes ahead. Well, let's hope the race goes ahead. I mean, uh, great to have a chat with you today. I mean, uh, I think the, these podcasts are fantastic. So well done on, on the podcast. And uh, I, 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 I've been catching up on all of them over the last few weeks. They really are fantastic. So fair juice and keep them going. Thanks, Mo Barry. Talk to you soon, mate. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Bye.